everybody, and welcome to A Trophy Life, the official podcast of the Naismith Awards here in Atlanta. This is Bob Rathbun bidding you welcome and a big show lined up for you this week. My guest is the head basketball coach at Wake Forest University, Steve Forbes. His Deacons are 12-3 and and getting set for a big weekend date with the Syracuse Orange. And then next week, a big four matchup as Duke comes to Winston-Salem. We'll talk with Steve about that in just a moment. Make sure that you follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter for at Naismith Trophy. And you can follow Coach Forbes as well at Forbes Wake Hoops, and he's a great follow, funny dude, a lot of great posts, follow coach, and also my Twitter handle and Instagram is at Bob Rathbun TV. We'll get to talk to Steve about the Deeks and his great path in basketball in just a moment, but first, our Jersey Mike's news and notes, and a lot of unfinished business from the year end that we want to bring you up to date on. In women's basketball, the number one team in the country, South Carolina, was upset by Missouri. That was back on the 30th of December, 70-69 to in overtime. Missouri's Lauren Hansen hit a layup with less than one second to go. But South Carolina, even in defeat, did not lose their number one ranking. But they've got COVID issues just about like everybody else in college basketball. They play at LSU on Thursday, and Coach Dawn Staley said she'll have a few players out. Now, she didn't say exactly who was going to be missing. But that's going to be a tough game for South Carolina. LSU under Kim Mulkey rolling 14-1 and and 2-0 in the SEC. Our best of Minnesota women's head coach, Lindsey Whalen, emergency appendectomy earlier in the week. And one of the most anticipated women's games, Texas at Baylor, has been postponed. That was coming up on Sunday. So many of these games are getting pushed back. We'll talk about UCLA men in just a minute. Uh, the Duke-Georgia Tech women's game scheduled for this week has also been postponed. The new net rankings for the week are out. For the men, the top five, Baylor, Houston, Arizona, Gonzaga, and Texas. For the women, South Carolina, NC State, North Carolina, number three, then Stanford and Louisville. On the men's side, we talked with Fran Fraschilla last week about the Baylor-Iowa State game. Well, that battle of the unbeatens went to the reigning national champs, Baylor, 77-72. But how about Iowa State? The way that they bounced back in their midweek game this week, after losing to Baylor, they allowed Texas Tech, the 25th-ranked team in the country, only 47 points and pulled off a big win. A couple of other men's notes we want to talk about. We mentioned earlier the UCLA men. Now, they've been on a three-week pause. All their games are getting postponed, some canceled. They were scheduled to play three games in seven days, but even that schedule got blown up as the Arizona State game on Wednesday was postponed. They are going to get Long Beach State to come over and play at Pauley on Thursday before they go to Cal on Saturday. And even their big home game with Arizona next week has already been postponed, so what a mess in the uh, Pac-12 right now. In the Big Ten, Rutgers with a big, another big win. They knocked off Michigan, significant because it's the first time in Rutgers history that they've knocked off the Michigan Wolverines. And how about Marquette? They dusted Providence by 32, the biggest margin of victory over a ranked team in Marquette program history. So many good things going on in college basketball and a great story to share with you with Steve Forbes, his background, and his deacons. That's all coming up next, but first this from Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's would like to dedicate the next three seconds to our new grilled portobello mushroom and Swiss sub. 
trust us, it tastes good too. Because fresh ingredients make a sub above. Coming off a tremendous win over Florida State on Tuesday night and getting ready for Syracuse on Saturday in Winston-Salem and then Duke next Wednesday, the head basketball coach of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, Steve Forbes, joins us on the Naismith Podcast this week. Coach, congratulations on the FSU win. Uh, your ball club is 12-3. and three. The Deacons are playing some pretty good basketball. Congratulations. Well, thanks, Bob. I appreciate you uh, bringing me on here. And um, we needed that win. You know, we had um, lost a game because of COVID, uh, a league game against Boston College right before Christmas and had a little bit more of an extended break than what we probably wanted to have. And then had to go right on the road when we got back to Louisville and Miami who were both you know, undefeated in the league. And they were both uh, – you know, hard games, games we had a chance to win but didn't couldn't pull it out. So, you know, we had to come home and win, and, and that was a great win for us over Florida State. Yeah, now the Seminoles don't lose money by 22 anywhere. So I know what a quality win that was for your ball club. You know, Steve, we don't get a chance to talk to too many former SIDs from southern Arkansas on our on our podcast, nor do we have a chance to talk to former NAIA baseball players, but here you are. What a background. Where in the heck is Lone Tree, Iowa? Well, actually, Lone Tree is pretty easy to find. You, you just got to look for one tree in the state of Iowa. Um, <laughs> it's actually, actually, it's very, it's a great place. It's only about 15 miles southeast of Iowa City, Iowa. And so I actually grew up in Iowa, you know, basically right outside of Iowa City, the home of the University of Iowa, you know. And so I was I was there at an unbelievable time growing up with Lou Olson, uh, Hayden Fry, Dan Gable, Vivian Stringer, unbelievable athletic department. You know, Bump Elliott was the AD. So, you know, I had a front row seat to a lot of that. And um, I actually worked at McDonald's in Iowa City, Bob. I mean, I'm probably one of the few coaches in the country that have actually – Worked at McDonald's and signed a McDonald's All-American. I don't think there's very many. <laughs> That's that. a pretty good daily double right there. How did you get to Southern Arkansas? Well, baseball. You know, I was a really good base. I was really a better baseball player than a, than a basketball player in college, and I played both. And you know, my senior year, I was I was going into my senior year at Grandview College in Des Moines, and obviously the weather in the spring is not the best in Iowa, and you have to go south just to get started. And I had some teammates of mine going to Southern Arkansas from junior college and to play baseball. I decided just to concentrate and play baseball. I didn't play basketball at Southern Arkansas. And I was actually at Southern Arkansas at the time when Scotty Pippen was a senior at, at Central Arkansas. And so um, I went down there and uh, got in some warmer weather. And I uh, was fortunate that uh, we went, got third in the NAI World Series my senior year. And I actually, and I met my wife there and, I've been married for 33 years, and so it worked out uh, really well for me. What was the transformation to hoop? Well, I just love basketball. I, I, I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't love baseball. I, I like watching it. I didn't want to coach it, but I always loved basketball. And I, you know, I, I got my senior year in college, and you kind of have this epiphany, you know, where you, what are you going to do? And um, I had a history degree and a political science minor. I was going to maybe go to law school. Maybe go to grad school, get a master's in history. I didn't really know, and then just you know what I did. I knew what I wanted in my heart. I wanted to coach, and it's interesting. I, I you know this is you talk about being an SID. I didn't even have a computer at that time. I had to use a typewriter, and, <laughs> and so I, I I sent out two hundred two hundred letters from my 
dorm room when I was student teaching my senior year to be a GA for basketball in college. And I got 199 rejection letters. Um, true mm. story. I got one interview at Nebraska Omaha, uh, up in Nebraska in, in Omaha. I was a Division two at that time and uh, with Bob Hansen, and I had to do it on my honeymoon. <laughs> so my oh. wife, I said Oahu, Bob, but I said Omaha. Actually, she just I tricked her into going to Omaha for my for my interview, and we and I didn't get the job. I didn't get it. And I went back to Southern Arkansas, and that's when I was the SID for that one year that the AD offered me this job. My wife taught fourth grade in Waldo, Arkansas. I was the SID. I made $6,000 a year, no benefits. And um, we lived in a one-room cabin outside of Magnolia, Arkansas. And uh, But then I got my break right after that. You know, that next year um, I got a job coaching baseball and basketball. At, uh, South, at Southwestern Community College in Creston, Iowa, back where I was from. And and so I kind of got going. That's when I started my path in coaching. Well, you've worked for some great coaches, uh, Porter Mosier and Billy Gillespie, Bruce Pearl, Greg Marshall. Uh, you go right on down the line. Uh, you got a, a pretty solid background before you ever got to be the head coach at East Tennessee. Uh, what a journey for you, uh, all these stops along the way. Yeah, I wouldn't trade it for anything, you know, and experience is, is really important. And I didn't get my first Division One head job till I was 50, you know, and so I felt like I was totally prepared to do it. Um, you're right. I got an undergrad, master's, and a doctorate in coaching by just taking notes, you know, working for uh, Billy Gillespie, who was the Big 12 Coach of the Year when I was at A&M. We turned that program around, and I went to Tennessee with Bruce and you know, we averaged 26 wins a season, and Bruce was the SEC Coach of the Year. And, you know, I was with uh, Greg Marshall. We went 35-1, and one, and uh, he was the National Coach of the Year. And then, like you said, Porter's coached in the Final Four. I worked for Dave Farrar at Idaho, Keith Richard at Louisiana Tech, who's still at Louisiana Monroe. I've been around some outstanding basketball coaches. And, you know, the thing about learning is you learn what's – you learn what to do, you learn what not to do, and you learn real quickly what best fits your own personality. And that was probably the biggest thing I learned fast was you have to coach to who you are and not try to be somebody that you're not. And um, so I've I've taken bits and pieces from all these great coaches, and um, I've tried to apply them to me and, and, and tweak them a little bit to my own personality. Of course, you mentioned getting a break to get started. You also need a break to be a head coach. And your relationship that started at Tennessee with John Curry paid off in Winston-Salem, did it not? Without question, Bob, without question. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for John, you know. And John was my sport administrator at Tennessee when I was an assistant basketball coach there and a Coach Pearl. And then John left and went to Kansas State as the athletic director when I was still at Tennessee. But, you know, we remained uh, – you know, close, and we spoke. We didn't speak every day. We didn't, you know, maybe once or twice uh, every couple months. You know, he texts me, and we check on each other. And so, you know, relationships are everything in this business, and it's how you treat people too. And what I think it's interesting to note that, you know, I got hired at East Tennessee State before I got that. You know, when I got the job at, at Wake, but the AD at East Tennessee State, the associate AD was Scott Carter, who actually worked for John at Tennessee, so I was with him. And if you really want to think about life, this is the honest truth, we got fired at Tennessee, and I still got hired by two ADs I worked for at Tennessee. And so I think it's a prime example of 
no matter how things happen, you know, you either got a chance to get better or be bitter. I chose to be better, and 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 the guys that I actually were with me at that point ended up hiring me, and so it's how you treat people, too. That's that's an awesome story. Well, talking about uh, coaching and changes and relationships, uh, you could write another book about taking over in the ACC smack dab in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, Steve, it's amazing what you and I, all of us really in college basketball have gone through, but your case in particular, I mean, you don't even see your players first three months on the job. This is nuts. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, I've, I've said many times I was one of the, I was the only dumb dumb to take a, you know, high major job in the middle of a pandemic. But um, you're right. You know, I got to, I think my press conference is on April 30th, and I didn't meet the team till like the second or third week in July, which was really odd. What was really odd, too, was I wasn't even living here in Winston-Salem. I was living in Johnson City till July because there was no reason to be here. There was nobody on campus. <laughs> and so I'm walking around Johnson City going to get groceries with my wife, and everybody's, hey, coach, how you doing? And I'm like, well, not really your coach anymore. I'm I really didn't even feel like the coach of Wake Forest until I, until I moved here, you know. And, right. And so, yeah, it, it was hard on the players. It was hard on me. We couldn't do anything. We couldn't hardly practice. We couldn't be together. Chemistry, couldn't have it. Culture, identity, all those things that's important. You just couldn't establish it. And then, you know, we got going, and then we get to Thanksgiving. We play a couple games, and, and then we get COVID, you know, and, and it ravages my program, and we – we, we had to shut down for 33 days. I mean, we didn't play from Thanksgiving weekend till New Year's Eve. I mean, mm. that doesn't ever happen. <laughs> and that sounds like a bowl game. You know, it's like, um, okay, now we got to play at Georgia Tech, at Virginia, at Duke. I mean, it just, it was a, it was unfortunate. And so, you know, and then we didn't get a recruit off campus for over a year and a half, but we did a really good job, staff and I, putting together a team you know, uh, via Zoom and a lot of just using your network and your contacts. And we, and we got through it. We've gotten through it, you know, and, and we're, we're a lot farther ahead today than we were a year ago, for sure. And uh, it's just perseverance and, you know, and keep, keep your head down and keep working and, and don't be a victim of your circumstances and just find ways to do better. Steve, you have to feel like your background made you like one of the perfect guys, to, to be a head coach in a pandemic uh, with all the comings and goings that you've witnessed? Well, yeah, I've been around it. You know, um, one thing about I was a junior college coach for 11 years, um, and you have a new team almost every year, you know, and then you don't have a budget to fly all over the country and recruit either. you got to use your eyes and your ears and your contacts, and you got to make good decisions, and you got to get all the information that you can get and, and, and try to put a team together. And so – I have done it before, and I've been through it, you know, and it, I thought it was interesting, you know, like I heard some, you know, I didn't, it didn't affect me, but, you know, you kind of hear some rumblings like, you know, when I got the job, well, that's not a very good fit. And I'm like, what do, what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, right. it's Wake Forest. It's in the ACC, the top 30 educational institution in the country. They got unbelievable basketball tradition, unbelievable facilities. Why isn't it? You know, it's just a matter of getting the right people, you know, and then getting them motivated to play. And and so, yeah, I mean, I, I've 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 been through it, and I can see why it would be unsettling for coaches that have it because it's it's very unsettling. It was a hard spring. It was a hard summer, you know, of of, of 
you know, redoing, getting nine new players and then building chemistry and all those things that we have to do. And, but the rewards are, you know, they're, they're worth it. And so um, I've, I've enjoyed the process. We, of course, uh, marvel at these players that uh, are performing under these circumstances. And you've got a guy in Alondis Williams who's come over from Oklahoma who is your triple crown leader. He leads you in points and rebounds and assists. Uh, tell us about this young man. Well, you know, Alondis, um tremendous basketball player the, the the thing that i marvel at him more than anything is his passion the building his unselfishness you know that that the first couple of days of weeks of practice in the summer and obviously i didn't get a chance to watch him play i just had to watch synergy clips was the fact that how well he could see the floor and pass and that's hard to to sometimes pick up when you're playing limited minutes or you're not playing a role that maybe you're going to play in here but once he got here i was just i couldn't believe I mean, I just was amazed by how well he passed the ball, the things that he could see. And uh, I really, really liked that about him. I mean, you know, he played in junior college. He kind of got the same background as me in Triton, won a national championship. I knew his knew Juco coach, Steve Christensen, really well. Uh, I know Jim Molinari very well at Oklahoma, who I respect his opinion, and he told me great things about him. And obviously he played for a Hall of Fame coach in Lon Kruger, and he played in the NCAA tournament. And I think – that's one of the things about the transfers that we got. I've always believed in getting transfers from really good programs too. And he played for Lion Kruger. was a better coach than me. Dallas Walton played for Tad Boyle at Colorado. He played in the NCAA tournament. Jake LaRavia played for uh, Greg Lansing, who I basically grew up with in Iowa, was a really good coach. And so I think those things are really important when you start looking at you know, bringing in these kind of guys to your program is where are they come, where are they coming from, and why are they leaving, and and what are, what are they, you know, how well have they been coached, and 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 um, I think that's really paid off for Alondis, Jake, and Dallas, and Hadim, who came with from Kermit Davis and at at Ole Miss, who I'm really close with, and you know, Kermit said nothing but great things about him as well. Well, good good for them. We um, we uh, really have enjoyed watching them play for you this season. You know, the ACC, Steve, uh, has such a rich history and tradition, and it kind of pains us that have been with the league a long time to hear it poo-pooed this year, Um, you know. Uh, But as my good friend Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. I think you've got some clubs, you know, yours. Uh, Miami is coming on strong. Uh, Notre Dame is making noise. Uh, I think the ACC may use January and February to get back on the uh, the national radar, like they never left, but you know, to be considered as uh, as strong as they were. I agree with you, Bob. I, you know, I've been asked this question obviously a little bit over the last couple three weeks, and I've said I'll say the same thing. I I don't think you can make these type of statements or decisions until the season's over. And one of the reasons why we went to 20 league games is so we could have these type of games in the, you know, in January and February and early March to build your resume. And I use this as an example. I, I was at East Tennessee State. My last year, we were 29 and four. I'd won 11 in a row going into the uh, conference tournament championship against Wofford. And most people were telling me that we needed to win the conference championship just to get in the tournament. <laughs> I'm like, wow. You know, and so one of the great things about being in a league like the ACC is, you know, you play uh, high-quality games, 20 league games every night, you're going to have a chance to build your resume. And so I think you got to wait, you know, until the end, and then you add it up and see where we're at. And I agree. Things with, The thing with teams are you either getting better or you're getting worse, right, every day. And so 
there's going to be a lot of teams they're going to get better and you you just think Miami never you know they're down there picked with us at the bottom of the of the, you know preseason polls and now they're leading the league you know and um, I think it's hard to to under, I think it's too it's hard to pick teams where they're going to finish early because you don't know who they have on their roster I mean you have these big roster turnovers now and the guys coming and going and you don't really know until you start playing some games and again we only play eleven non-league games and so uh yeah we've you know we've had some slip-ups probably in our league early on but that doesn't that doesn't the body of work is more important and so we'll see where we're at at the end well we'll be watching the deeks that's for sure steve forbes thank you so much for taking all this time out uh, as you prepare for syracuse and get those deeks ready on saturday we wish you nothing but the best and can't wait to see you bob thanks for having me and uh, look forward to doing this again and uh, appreciate everything you do for basketball And that's going to do it for this week. My thanks to Steve Forbes for taking time out to join us. Follow Coach at Forbes Wake Hoops on Twitter. Our Instagram and Twitter handle at Naismith Trophy. Get the latest breaking news. And make sure that you follow us on all of the social media platforms. Helps us get the word out to college basketball fans everywhere. And subscribe to our podcast. We're available on every podcast platform that's out there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you go for your weekly content for college basketball. Make sure that you subscribe and rate our podcast here at the Naismith Awards. Until next week, for all of us here in Atlanta, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next week with more on A Trophy Life. Bob Rathman saying so long.